Leviticus 13 Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When someone has on the skin of his body a swelling or a scab, or a bright spot, and it becomes an infection of leprosy on the skin of his body, then he shall be brought to Aaron, the priest, or to one of his sons of the priests. The priest shall look at the infected area of the skin on the body, and if the hair in the infection has turned white, and the infection appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is an infection of leprosy. When the priest has looked at him, he shall pronounce him unclean. But if the bright spot is white on the skin of his body, and it does not appear to be deeper than the skin, and the hair on it has not turned white, then the priest shall isolate the person who has the infection for seven days. Then the priest shall look at him on the seventh day, and if in his eyes the infection has not changed, and the infection has not spread on the skin, then the priest shall isolate him for seven more days. The priest shall then look at him again on the seventh day, and if the infected area has faded and the infection has not spread on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is only a rash, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the rash spreads farther on the skin after he has shown himself to the priest for his cleansing, he shall appear again to the priest, and the priest shall look, and if the rash has spread on his skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is leprosy. When the infection of leprosy is on someone, then he shall be brought to the priest. The priest shall then look, and if there is a white swelling on the skin, and it has turned the hair white, and there is a new raw flesh in the swelling, it is a chronic leprosy on the skin of his body, and the priest shall pronounce him unclean. He shall not isolate him, for he is unclean. If the leprosy breaks out farther on the skin, and the leprosy covers all the skin of the person who has the infection, from his head even to his feet, as far as the priest can see, then the priest shall look and behold. If the leprosy has covered his entire body, he shall pronounce the one who has the infection clean. It has all turned white, and he is clean. But whenever raw flesh appears on him, he shall be unclean. The priest shall look at the raw flesh, and he shall pronounce him unclean. The raw flesh is unclean. It is leprosy. Or if the raw flesh turns back and is changed to white, then he shall come to the priest, and the priest shall look at him. And behold, if the infected area has turned white, then the priest shall pronounce the one who has the infection clean. He is clean. Now, when the body has a boil on its skin, and it is healed, and in the place of the boil there was a white swelling or a reddish-white bright spot, then it shall be shown to the priest. And the priest shall look, and behold, if it appears to be deeper than the skin, and the hair on it has turned white, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is the infection of leprosy. It has broken out in the boil. But if the priest looks at it, and behold, there are no white hairs in it, and it is not deeper than the skin and is faded, then the priest shall isolate him for seven days. And if it spreads farther on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is an infection. But if the bright spot remains in its place and does not spread, it is only the scar of the boil. 
and the priest shall pronounce him clean. Or if the body sustains in its skin a burn by fire, and the raw flesh of the burn becomes a bright spot, reddish-white or white, then the priest shall look at it. And if the hair in the bright spot has turned white, and it appears to be deeper than the skin, it is leprosy. It has broken out in the burn. Therefore the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is an infection of leprosy. But if the priest looks at it, and indeed there is no white hair in the bright spot, and it is no deeper than the skin, but it is dim, then the priest shall isolate him for seven days, and the priest shall look at him on the seventh day. If it spreads farther in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is an infection of leprosy. But if the bright spot remains in its place and has not spread in the skin, but is dim, it is the swelling from the burn, and the priest shall pronounce him clean, for it is only the scar of the burn. Now, if a man or woman has an infection on the head or on the beard, then the priest shall look at the infection, and if it appears to be deeper than the skin, and there is a thin yellowish hair in it, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a scale. It is leprosy of the head or of the beard. But if the priest looks at the infection of the scale, and indeed it appears to be no deeper than the skin, and there is no black hair in it, then the priest shall isolate the person with the scaly infection for seven days. And on the seventh day the priest shall look at the infection. And if the scale has not spread, and no yellowish hair has grown in it, and the appearance of the scale is no deeper than the skin, then he shall shave himself, but he shall not shave the scale. And the priest shall isolate the person with the scale for seven more days. Then on the seventh day the priest shall look at the scale, and if the scale has not spread in the skin, and it appears to be no deeper than the skin, the priest shall pronounce him clean, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the scale spreads farther in the skin after his cleansing, then the priest shall look at him. And if the scale has spread on the skin, the priest need not look for the yellowish hair, for he is clean. If in his sight the scale has remained, however, and black hair has grown in it, the scale has healed, and he is clean, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. When a man or woman has bright spots on the skin of the body, white bright spots, then the priest shall look. And if the bright spots on the skin of their bodies are a faint white, it is eczema that has broken out on the skin. He is clean. Now if a man loses the hair of his head, he is only bald. He is clean. And if his head becomes bald at the front and sides, he is bald on the forehead. He is clean. But if on the bald head or the bald forehead there occurs a reddish-white infection, it is leprosy breaking out on his bald head or on his bald forehead. Then the priest shall look at him, and if the swelling of the infection is reddish-white on his bald head or on his bald forehead, like the appearance of leprosy in the skin of the body, he is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest must pronounce him unclean. His infection is on his head. As for the person who has the leprous infection, his clothes shall be torn, and the hair of his head shall be uncovered, and he shall cover his mustache and call out, Unclean! Unclean! He shall remain unclean all the days during which he has the infection. He is unclean. 
He shall live alone. He shall live outside the camp. When a garment has a mark of leprosy in it, whether it is a wool garment or a linen garment, whether a warp or woof, of linen or of wool, whether in leather or in any article made of leather, if the mark is greenish or reddish in the garment or in the leather, whether in the warp or in the woof, or in any article of leather, it is a leprous mark, and it shall be shown to the priest. Then the priest shall look at the mark, and shall quarantine the article with the mark for seven days. He shall look at the mark on the seventh day. If the mark has spread in the garment, whether in the warp, or in the woof, or in the leather, whatever the purpose for which the leather is used, the mark is a leprous malignancy. It is unclean. So he shall burn the garment, whether it is in the warp or the woof, in wool or in linen, or in any article of leather in which the mark occurs. For it is a leprous malignancy, it shall be burned in the fire. But if the priest looks, and indeed the mark has not spread in the garment, either in the warp or in the woof, or in any article of leather, then the priest shall order them to wash the thing in which the mark occurs and he shall quarantine it for seven more days. After the article with the mark has been washed, the priest shall look again, and if the mark has not changed its appearance, even if the mark has not spread, it is unclean. You shall burn it with fire. Whether an eating away has produced bareness on the back or on the front of it. But if the priest looks, and indeed the mark has faded after it has been washed, then he shall tear it out of the garment or out of the leather whether from the warp or from the woof. Yet, if it appears again in the garment, whether in the warp or in the woof, or in any article of leather, it is an outbreak. The article with the mark shall be burned with fire, but the garment, whether the warp or the woof, or any article of leather from which the mark has disappeared when you washed it, shall then be washed a second time and will be clean. This is the law of the mark of leprosy in a garment of wool or linen whether in the warp or in the woof, or in any article of leather, for pronouncing it clean or unclean. Luke 8 Soon afterward, Jesus began going around from one city and a village to another, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary, who was called Magdalene, from whom the seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who were contributing to their support out of their private means. Now, when a large crowd was coming together, and those from the various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by the way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the sky ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and when it came up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out, and yet other seed fell into the good soil, and grew up, and produced a crop hundred times as much. 
As he said these things, he would call out, The one who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now his disciples began asking him what this parable meant, and he said, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest they are told in parables, so that while seeing they may not see, and while hearing they may not understand. Now this is the parable. The seed is the word of God, and those beside the road are the ones who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, so that they will not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky soil are the ones who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and yet these do not have a firm foot. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation they fall away. And the seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked by worries, riches, and pleasures of this life, and they bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word with a good and virtuous heart, and hold it firmly, and produce fruit with perseverance. Now, no one lights a lamp and covers it over with a container, or puts it under a bed, but he puts it on the lampstand, so that those who come in may see the light, for nothing is concealed that will not become evident, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. So take care how you listen, for whoever has, to him will more be given, and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away from him. Now his mother and his brothers came to him, and they were unable to get to him because of the crowd, and it was reported to him, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside, wishing to see you. But he answered and said to them, My mother and my brothers are these who heard the word of God, and do it. Now on those days Jesus and his disciples got into a boat, and he said to them, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they launched out. But as they were sailing along, he fell asleep, and a fierce gale of wind descended on the lake, and they began to be swamped and to be in danger. They came up to Jesus and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he got up and rebuked the wind and the surging waves, and they stopped, and it became calm. And he said to them, where is your faith? But they were fearful and amazed, saying to one another, Who then is this, that he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him? Then they sailed to the country of Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out onto land, a man from the city met him who was possessed with demons, and he had not put on clothing for a long time and was not living in a house, but among the tombs. And seeing Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and said with a loud voice, What business do you have with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had already commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had seized him many times, and he was bound with chains and shackles, and kept under guard, and yet he would break the restraints, and be driven by the demon into the desert. And Jesus asked him, 
what is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And they were begging him not to command them to go away into the abyss. Now there was a herd of many pigs feeding there on the mountain, and the demons begged him to permit them to enter the pigs. And he gave them permission, and the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. Now when the herdsmen saw what had happened, they ran away and reported everything in the city and in the country, and the people came out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting down at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, and they became frightened. Those who had seen everything reported to them how the man who had been demon-possessed had been made well, and all the people of the territory of the Gerasenes and the surrounding region asked him to leave them, because they were overwhelmed by great fear, and he got into a boat and returned. But the man from whom the demons had gone out was begging him that he might accompany him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home, and ascribe what great things God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city what great things Jesus had done for him. And as Jesus was returning, the people welcomed him, for they had all been waiting for him. And a man named Jairus came, and he was an official of the synagogue. And he fell at Jesus' feet, and began urging him to come home to his house, for he had only a daughter, about twelve years old, and she was dying. But as he went, the crowds were pressing against him, and a woman who had suffered a chronic flow of blood for twelve years, and could not be healed by anyone, came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. And Jesus said, Who is the one who touched me? And while they were all denying it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone did touch me, for I was aware that the power had left me. Now when the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling and fell down before him, and admitted in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him, and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the house of the synagogue official, saying, Your daughter has not died. Do not trouble the teacher any more. But when Jesus heard this, he responded to him, Do not be afraid any longer. Only believe, and she will be made well. When he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him except Peter, John, and James, and the girl's father and mother. Now they were all weeping and mourning for her. But he said, Stop weeping, for she has not died, but is asleep. And they began laughing at him, knowing that she had died. He, however, took her by the hand and spoke forcefully, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up immediately. And he ordered that something be given to her to eat. Her parents were amazed but he instructed them to tell no one what had happened. 1 Corinthians 2 
And when I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come as someone superior in speaking ability or wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I also was with you in weakness and fear, and in great trembling, and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of mankind, but on the power of God. Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood, for if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the human heart, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us God reveals them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among people know the thoughts of a person except the Spirit of the person that is in him? So also the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. We also speak these things, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But the one who is spiritual discerns all things, yet he himself is discerned by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Proverbs 19, 1-9 Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than a person who is perverse in speech and is a fool. Also, it is not good for a person to be without knowledge, and one who hurries his footsteps errs. The foolishness of a person ruins his way, and his heart rages against the Lord. Wealth adds many friends, but a poor person is separated from his friend. A false witness will not go unpunished, and one who declares lies will not escape. Many will seek the favor of a generous person, and every person is a friend to him who gives gifts. All the brothers of a poor person hate him. How much more do his friends abandon him? He pursues them with words, but they are gone. One who gets wisdom loves his own soul. One who keeps understanding will find good. A false witness will not go unpunished. And one who declares lies will perish. Psalm 39 
I said, I will keep watch over my ways, so that I do not sin with my tongue. I will keep watch over my mouth, as with a muzzle, while the wicked are in my presence. I was mute and silent. I refused to say even something good, and my pain was stirred up. My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Lord, let me know my end, and what is the extent of my days. Let me know how transient I am. Behold, you have made my days like hand widths, and my lifetime as nothing in your sight. Certainly all mankind standing is a mere breath. Certainly every person walks around as a fleeting shadow. They certainly make an uproar for nothing. He amasses riches and does not know who will gather them. And now, Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Save me from all my wrongdoings. Do not make me an object of reproach for the foolish. I have become mute. I do not open my mouth. Because it is you who have done it. Remove your plague from me. Because of the opposition of your hand, I am perishing. With rebukes you punish a person for wrongdoing. You consume like a moth what is precious to him. Certainly all mankind is mere breath. Hear my prayer, Lord, and listen to my cry for help. Do not be silent to my tears, for I am a stranger with you, one who lives abroad like all my fathers. Turn your eyes away from me, that I may become cheerful again, before I depart and am no more.